I was in a practice the other day and, and I asked them, I said, what's your scheduling system? So they, you know, they articulated it. They can do the whole thing. And then we looked at it, what was actually going on. And it wasn't anything close to what their system was. So it turned out what was going on. This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. We are talking about burnout today, but before we get started, I wanted to invite you to join our Facebook dental intelligence community. Come join like-minded data nerds and learn from each other. Also, if you have a question for our CEO, Weston Lunsford, about our product or really anything else, you can go to our podcast page at dentalintel.com and record one. He will answer them on an upcoming Q&A episode. Now on to our show. Today is a continuation of our interview with Steven Anderson from Total Patient Services, the Crown Council and Smiles for Life, discussing burnout in dentistry. In this episode, we tackle scheduling and he gives some really great actionable ways to enjoy your schedule and avoid burnout. Also in this episode, we learn what growth in dentistry means to Steve Anderson. It's great information, so I hope you stay tuned. Let's switch gears to scheduling, which we talked a bit a little about, and I know I I know that some of the ideas that we've talked about, well, I mean, schedule is a huge part of burnout. <laughs> Again, if you don't take time out of your schedule to take care of yourself, then you will get burnt out. So I know you have some great ideas and tips on how to improve practice schedule and help them make it more manageable. And I've heard you talk a little bit about it before, but what are the pitfalls that practices run into with their schedule that can lead to burnout? I know we've talked talked a little so bit about here's, it. So here's here's the first thing that came out of the whole COVID experience, what we uh, what we observed in in a lot of practices is a predictable human reaction to crisis. And what we do, if we're not careful, is we panic and we throw everything out. Everything. It's like everybody panics, and we do what seems most expedient in the moment, just to because we feel like we got to do something. And so what we observed is almost overnight, all of the scheduling templates, all of the block scheduling, all the all of that stuff went out the window. And it was like, <laughs> it's, just gonna so it. it's, it's so true. It's so true. 52 pick up and just shove them here, put them there, do this, do that. And then we look up and then, then we wonder why everybody is exhausted and burned out. Well, it's because all the predictability is gone. We left on the side of the road all of the things that work in deference to just doing whatever seems right in the moment. So let's go back to constant principles that we know work. We know, we all know, this is not a newsflash, that what works is planning your schedule. If you don't plan your schedule, then your schedule plans you, right? So mm -hmm. what is your scheduling strategy? <clears throat> do you block schedule? Do you have certain times of the day where you do certain procedures? There's a lot of different methods for doing this, but that would be the, <clears throat> the first thing I would say is, what's your scheduling system? One of my mentors years ago, Dr. W. Edwards Deming, who is considered to be the grandfather or father, if you will, of the whole quality movement across the world, said that 94% of success is in the system. Mm -hmm. So that would be, as, as far as when it comes to scheduling, that's my first question is, what is your system? Yeah. And if you can articulate it, 
and, and explain to me what it is and why that's your chosen scheduling system, then my next question is to what degree do you follow it? Right? Cause you gotta have it, but then you gotta follow it. So I was in a practice the other day and, and I asked them, I said, what's your scheduling system? So they, you know, they articulated it. They could do the whole thing. And then we looked at it, what was actually going on. And it wasn't anything close to what their system was. And, and I said, all right, so where's the disconnect? Here's your system over here. But when I look at the schedule, it doesn't look anything like your system. So it turned out what was going on is every time a potential exception came up, they'd go to the doctor and say, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And the doctor would turn around and just say what doctors usually always say is, well, I'll just slip so them in whatever. here. Yeah, in there. Yeah. You know, they do what's mm-hmm. most expedient. So there were some adjustments made, which is additional protocols that say, here's the system, here's what you do. You don't need to ask the doctor because this is the system. And here's the parameters at what times you can do certain things. And, and when we make exceptions, it's within this time frame. So do you have a system? To what degree do you follow it? So if you have a system and you're following it and you're still not getting the results you want, then it's time to go back to number one and say, what's the system, right? So do you have a system? Are you following it? Does it get the results you want? And then you gotta, you just gotta look at those three things constantly. It's a feedback loop it, to see, is this, is, are we working it? Mm-hmm. And then is it working? Is it giving us the result we want? Yeah, yeah. And it, <clears throat> the system um, might change, right? Like you, if you 100%. look at it and think, I'm not, I'm not getting what I want out of it. Maybe you chose the system because that's what somebody told you to do. But you didn't think about your goals ahead of time. And, and there's a plenty of dentists out there that are working way more than they want to. And they just haven't thought about, well, maybe I don't have to work this hard. Maybe I don't want to, you know, then change your system, right? Um, well, and I'll give you an example, present uh-huh. day example <clears throat> is right now, there's a challenge in the whole hygiene, you know, keeping hygiene staffed in many mm-hmm. parts of the country. I think that'll normalize at some point. So... There's a scheduling system right there that in many places we're having to adapt and change the system. Maybe we need to migrate towards more of an assisted hygiene model where we can accommodate more patients, we can make better use of hygienists' time. So does the model or does the system fit the present day situation? So yeah, it it has to be modified and you gotta adapt every step along the way. Circumstances change. And the emotional, there's an emotional piece to, do you follow your system? Because I've been in a situation multiple times where I'm working on a patient and the assist, or the receptionist comes up to me and says, you know, so-and-so is, you know, 30 minutes late. Do you want to see them? Or, you know, they're so-and-so and they, they brought their daughter or whatever. Can you squeeze them in? And in that moment, I'm working on a patient I don't want to seem like a jerk. And so I say, sure, you know what I mean? And then there goes the schedule because they came and asked me, you know, and I'm the dentists feel that way all the time. They don't want to feel, they want to feel like they're serving their patients Mm -hmm. and then they make their emotional decisions on it as opposed to just using scheduling data to make the decisions. And then they don't have to ask. 
Yeah, I love that. So, Katie, there's a there's a piece there. Just here's here's just a quick verbal skills tip that we teach <laughs> at Total Patient Service because um, we talk a lot at the Total Patient Service Institute about being a yes practice, and sometimes that's misinterpreted. Which is that being a yes practice doesn't mean you're you're just a yes person just saying yes all the time. What it means is finding the path to where you can say yes and accommodate what the patient needs. So one of the principles around that is we never say no, but we do find options to which we can say yes, mm, right? Like so in other mm -hmm. words, you may not be able to accommodate that patient right here today, but let's find when we can accommodate them and say, you know, if you were the patient, I'd say, Katie, we want to make sure we do the very, very best job we can for you and take very good care of you. And the best options we have to do that would be this date and this time or this date and this time. Which of those would work best for you? Well, I want to get in today. I totally understand. And we want to make sure we do the best job for you that we can, because I know that's what you want. And in order to do that, here would be the two times uh, that we'd have that are the most convenient that we could do that. Now, is that always going to work? No, no. That's but okay. it's a lot better than saying, sorry, we can't see you today. Absolutely. <laughs> right? In other words, at least I'm putting forth an effort to help you get what you want. It may not be exactly what you intended, but I'm going to do everything I can to find a solution if there is one that'll work for both of us. So yeah. that's just one piece of, of, you know, just all kinds of different skills scheduling. We talk about scheduling skills. So there's systems and then there's skills, right? Mm -hmm. You got to have the overall system and then you got to have the skills to be able to manage it day by day, the verbal skills to deal with patients. There's a whole body of work there to do. Yeah. That's, thank you for sharing that actionable thing that, you know, an office could definitely take with them because that's an easy, so it's an easy, you can use that for a lot of time, I mean, even as a hygienist, I get into situations where I'm talking to patients about periodontal disease and they came for a cleaning. They want a cleaning. I want a cleaning right now. I don't have time to do an hour and a half cleaning on you. So that is great. And just to use that verbal, those verbal skills as well. Um, okay. Yep. And the last thing and the thing that we ask all of our patients or patients? Sorry, I'm a hygienist. So I switch to patients all the time. Right. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, all of our guests is the same question, which is um, growth is personal and it can make it, it means so, so many different things to different people. What does growth in dentistry look like to Steve Anderson? So growth in dentistry is an industry or at a practice level, which context? You, whatever. Yeah. To, to, in to your both. world. In your world. What does growth look like to you? So uh, let's start at a macro level um, because I, I have this discussion with young dentists and seasoned dentists alike. What an amazing profession. When you think about it, dentistry has become the frontline healthcare profession. The frontline. When you think about it, what other healthcare profession sees more of the general public more often than we do in dentistry, right? So most people go at least once a year, if not more, right? And roughly 50 to 60% of the population goes to the dentist, 
right? What other healthcare practitioner sees more of America on a regular basis? No one does. Dentistry is the front line. Number two, we know now the connection between oral health and total health. This is the window of wellness. There's so many things that can be identified here that have to do with whole health. So it then becomes the gateway to all kinds of, of uh, health issues, right? Where we can genuinely help people get on the right track. Then you look at all of the most recent clinical developments. I mean, yes, cosmetic dentistry is great, but then you look into where all the science is leading us, the, the advancements in the diagnosis and treatment and now cure a periodontal disease. We can cure it now. I mean, that that's something that just even mm -hmm. a few years ago, you can't cure it. Sure you can. Yeah, it's an yeah. infection, right? It's not just calculus. It's an infection and you can, you can eliminate an infection. So all the advances in periodontal disease, everything we know we can do with implants today, the implants have finally come into their own in this country. This taken a while. We've, we've trailed the rest of the world in that area. And then the huge breakthroughs in airway, and all of the issues we know that are whole health related that start right here and dentistry is perfectly positioned to address those issues. So it is, it is a great place to be. Dentistry now occupies five of the top 10 jobs in America, five mm. of the top 10. So uh, you can, those that are listening, uh, you can give yourself a good, nice job. You can <laughs> right. an amazing profession. Uh, so that from just a macro, uh, you know, growth in the industry and where things are going, you picked a great profession. Now, at a practice level, so many, so many advances and things that help a practice grow today from picking the right location to choosing what procedures you want to do. There are so many different directions you can take a dental practice. It has so much versatility and flexibility in terms of where you want to specialize or which market you want to cater to so many different ways to grow a practice that you're in the driver's seat. There's no one way to do it. Uh, you can choose. And then at a personal level, uh, you know, there are so many things to learn just to stay up to date in this profession that I think dentistry by its very nature uh, fosters a culture of growth and continual improvement. You got to stay that. up with what's going on. And so from the individual level, all the way up to the industry level, uh, so many positives uh, about this, so many good things going on. It is a great place to be. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I, and I love that you talked about that dentistry fosters an individual just to grow because I really believe it. People don't choose this profession unless they have a desire to improve or help others improve. And that's great insight. Well, Steve, as always, it's just fantastic. Um, this has been Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. Again, special thanks to our guest, Stephen Anderson from Happy to Total, Total Patient Services, the Crown Council and Smiles for Life. You can find him at, I'm going to say Steve at totalpatientservice.com. Is that okay? Yeah. One thing I suggest, mm -hmm. yeah, if yeah. they have questions. And one yeah. thing I'd suggest, Katie, is... Um, uh, those that have listened today, since we've talked, you know, we've, we've covered a, a, a number of different topics here, uh, but as a, as a, uh, as a gift uh, for putting up with me today, um, oh, yeah. if they go to totalpatientservice.com, so totalpatientservice.com, go to the free resources section, there is a, an ebook, a free ebook there that we wrote 
coming out of a pandemic entitled When Goals Don't Work. Yeah, I read it. And, and it talks about it. this specific <laughs> issue of, you know, what do you do when you feel like things aren't working out the way you plan? So when goals don't work, I highly recommend that because it's got some specifics of what to do in, in moments like this, where you might be feeling a, a higher level of a burnout. That's in the Great. And we'll put a link to that in our show notes yep. and also onto our on our podcast um, page by visiting dentalintel.com. Thank you again for Tyler Johnson for being with me today and to our amazing marketing department for all their help on this episode. I'm Katie Polson. Keep growing.